I'm so excited to be up here again. I thank God for the opportunity to come before you, and, and with every breath that I breathe, I give him praise and glory and honor that he will work through my life, and I'm so thankful that he's given me the opportunity, and he's, he's poured into me this word that I'm going to share with you today, this word of God that he's been working on for years and months, and I'm just so thankful and excited uh, to be up here this this pulpit, I'm so humbled by it. The great men and women that have preached from here, and, uh, you know, Pastor Tim, who, who has entrusted me while he's away to, to speak with you all here this morning. So I'm so thankful uh, for this opportunity. I want to thank the, the elders of the church, uh, and also all of you and all the ministry leaders here as well. In addition, most importantly, I want to thank my family. Amen my church family, but also my home family. I'm so glad that they're back. Um, my wife and my kids, uh, Nora and Greer, are back from their journey. They went to Georgia during the hurricane, and so they got out before all the traffic left, and they came back after the traffic had, you know, already got back. So they've been gone for about a week, and uh, it's amazing to to know and, and to see how quickly your children grow up, especially at a young age, how quickly. They were gone for a week, and Nora, you know, when she was hungry, you know, before they left, I said, you know, are you hungry? You, you want to eat? And she would say, eat or food, you know, and that's how I knew that she was hungry. But they've, uh, they've come back, and now she's saying, my tummy is too hungry. My tummy is too hungry. So that's, I'm like, oh my goodness, a full sentence from you. That is amazing. But it's, you know, you'd never take for granted the time with your kids, especially at a, at a young age. Enjoy every single moment. Uh, and Greer, you know, she's, woo, she's blossoming too. So it's just, you know, she's saying combo words now. You know, I went, I, I FaceTimed with them and they were like, uh, Greer saying ice cream. So she's like, ice cream. I'm like, oh my goodness, y'all are growing too fast, and you know, they've been gone for a week, so during the hurricane, I spent my time with Pastor Tim and Miss Becky, and I spent some time hanging out with them during the storm, because our house has these huge pine trees, and uh, if one of them were to fall, it would flatten either our house or the neighbor's house, so at any time a, a big storm comes through, we, uh, we head to Pastor's house, because they have smaller trees, and, uh, you know, so it, it was an awesome time just, you know, just, just hanging out with them and fellowshipping with them. Uh, but I'm just so thankful uh, to be up here uh, speaking to you this morning. And I believe that we are on the verge of revival. I believe God's something, God, he has something in store for every single one of us. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that God has something for your life? He has a purpose for you, and you've got to begin to walk in that purpose. And so I started thinking about things, you know, I, you know, I believe revival is going to happen. I believe that we as a church, we have got to be in a position where we can receive the word of God, not just hear it, not just let the words pass us by, but every word that God wants to speak to us, whether it's through our daily walk with God through the word, whether it's through preaching that happens here every Sunday morning, whether it's through the worship, I pray that we will have our ears open and our hearts open that God is going to do it. He is going to do it. The promises are yes 
and amen. He is going to work, God. God's going to work, okay? And so I want us to be in a position that we can begin to receive the word and let it impact us not only in here, but as we leave and as we go out into our community and into the ministry field that we will be sent out, equipped and empowered to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, I, I, you know, my prayer for us is to be an effective ministry. And not just for the pastor to be effective, but for all of us to be effective men and women of the kingdom of God. And I believe that there is a battle out there. That there is a battle that the enemy is coming with everything that he has. And so I want us to be in a position where we've been talking about it all year, about strengthening our faith, walking in obedience, the power and the name of Jesus Christ, to know our true identity in Christ so that we can begin to walk as strong warriors for the kingdom of God. Amen? And so when I was preparing for this message, I said, what's stopping us, God? What's stopping us? And so actually during the hurricane, uh, Pastor and I were, were listening to this sermon. And this, the, the, the preacher who was preaching the sermon on, on TV, um, he said, uh, and you know, it's my prayer for all of us to have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe that if all of us have a, a, that, that focus and that connection with Jesus Christ and that, that it will begin to unify us and we'll begin to be knitted together and built up for the kingdom of God into this holy temple. Amen? So we have to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And so what is the, the thing that is holding us back? And this preacher, he, he said that the, the only way to have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, to begin to walk in faith is you have to ask for complete forgiveness of your sins. Repent of your sins and leave it all behind. And I believe, I believe that that is the one thing that's holding us back from true revival. I really wanted this message to be a pep rally type message. And maybe God will have that. I really want to be, you know, spiritually led by this, by this particular uh, message today. And so every time I wanted to go to a different topic, confirmation led me back. There are some deep soul wounds here that need to be cleansed. And I believe that when we ask for forgiveness, we're asking for surface-level forgiveness. And the, the deep wounds that are, that are in our life, whether they be uh, things that we, that we did early in our childhood or they could be generational wounds that exist, that we've said, you know what, God can't do that. God can't, can't work in that and cleanse that, 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 that wound. So I want to say to you here today that God can do it. And if you would just take a leap of faith and pray for complete forgiveness of everything that has been stored up inside, all those deep wounds that you will begin to have that walk with Jesus, that relationship that is needed in order to become stronger men and women of God. Amen? Amen? So there is, there is a battle going on. 
And as we look around the field, we're, we're, we're running towards the enemy to, to place him under our feet. And so I, I, I was telling the group on, on Monday uh, night during our prayer focus gathering, I said, you know, I feel like we're, we're, we're trying to run to this battle, but we have this baggage that is holding us back. We have these weights that are holding us back. And our desire is to go forward, but there are things that are holding us back in these deep soul wounds that need to be cleansed, need to be addressed so that we can be free in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and, and I just see this revival that's happening. And I want, us to be, I want us to be ready, and I want us to be completely cleansed today. Amen? So in, in preparing for this message, I, I asked several people about... Um, this question of, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And so I was surprised to hear that most of the, the answers that I got back were along the lines of, um, I don't know, I guess I would go to heaven. I'm not that bad. You know, I, I, you know, I think I would go to heaven. I feel like I'm a good person. And for me, it's just like, where do we draw the line you know, where is the line between heaven and hell? And so what I pray for this church here today is if you can answer that question in your heart and in your mind. And if you can say with confidence that you are going to heaven, amen. But if you are on the fence, why live your life in the middle? Why not have that boldness and confidence and faith that, you know, we don't deserve heaven, but by his grace, by his grace, we can get there. So if, if during the service, I want this to be completely spirit-led. So if any time during the service something surfaces, because there was something that was interesting that, that, that happened, a lot of times we disguise and we kind of forget about those, those deep wounds and we tr try to protect ourselves from it so we don't have to really address them. But sometimes, that, that, if you can't say, if you start questioning, it's going to surface those wounds here today. So really take a moment to meditate on that question and how you would answer it. And if at any time during the service, the remainder of the service, if you want to come forward to this altar, we will be completely obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So I empower you. I love this church. And so um, I, have to, I have to share this. This has been on my heart uh, for quite some time. Uh, months and months ago, uh, Melanie, myself, Sarah Hill, we went to uh, a conference in Charleston at a church. And uh, before we, we went, you know, when I go to a new church, you know, I, I pray that it has the same environment as we have here at Gospel Temple, that there is a loving and welcoming atmosphere. And uh, so, so before we got there, and there's some other things too, that the, the worship is free, right? So the worship is free and that you can feel, you know, not held back by the, the atmosphere and environment. Uh, so there's this fear of man that, that I think is prevalent in our society, and I still think it's prevalent here. But the, before, when we got there, we walked through the doors, and uh, we were immediately welcomed with hugs. 
And it was awesome. It was just like, okay, I felt the love that, that you know, it felt like home. It felt like home to me. So, and that's, isn't that awesome? That, like, the real kingdom, men and women of God, you can, no matter if you're here or if you're, if you're traveling to, to North Carolina or to Charleston, that's, it's the continuity of the Spirit. You know that the Spirit is there. But there's some incredible things that happen in that service. The speakers were great. The worship was great. And it was just an awesome time. But there's this one thing that's been on my heart, and it's a vision I have ever since for this church is that two minutes into the worship, people began to pray for one another. They were not prompted to pray. They were sitting in the back, and it was about two minutes in, and uh, somebody was, was, was led by, by the gifts that they have, and they were responding and walking in obedience. And they said, you know what? I am led to pray for this person over there. So they began to walk down in the middle of worship, and they began to pray over, over people. And I thought it was a one-time thing. But then I noticed that as worship went on, there were 10, 15 small prayers that are happening during worship that people were, were led by the Spirit to go pray for somebody. And they said, you know what? I'm going to take a leap of faith, and I'm going to go pray over one another. Amen? And so that is my prayer and vision for the church. Every Sunday morning, I'm up here, and I see this wave of free worship that's happening from, from wall to wall. And I see people praying over one another, and I see people dancing in the aisles, and I see people running around with flags and, and doing cartwheels and just giving our full worship to the Lord. I see it, church. I see this wave that there's just no fear and I believe, and I was listening to Dexter's message last week about faith and fear. And I believe that there is, the only thing that's holding us back is our fear of man. The fear of man, like what is so-and-so going to say to me or, you know, say about me to, you know, if I, could, if I really let loose, what are people going to think of me? And so I want us to release that fear here this morning. And those are soul wounds as well. So you might think that your soul wounds are, are, are shallow, but sometimes we like to say that they're shallow, but they're really deep. Amen? And so I just pray that as we go through the remainder of this message, the one thing that was really interesting, I want to bring it out after Dexter's message last week, is I went out into the foyer, and immediately when service stopped, I heard three people talking their fears out. And it wasn't in response to what was happening in the message. They were speaking the fears. And that was interesting to me that the Holy Spirit had me hear three different conversations as I was walking that even after service ended, it's like we just, we heard the word, we hung it up, and we went about our day, and we weren't impacted or affected by what God was speaking to us. Woo! Y'all, I love you. And this is not an easy message for me <laughs> to preach, but uh, I, I believe that God wants us to really open our hearts and open our ears and receive the word of God. Amen? 
So as I was preparing for this, and it was something that Dexter mentioned, you know, talking about David and Goliath, it reminded me of a prophetic word that was shared uh, with me earlier this year. And I, I think that this is my, my passage for the whole year. It's the one thing that has got me excited, uh, you know, about the, the kingdom of God. And so I want to read this. It's in 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 36. I'm going to read it from the NLT version. Um, and it's, it says, but David persisted. He's talking with King Saul. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Whew, I'm going to read that again. What faith. And I stumbled upon, I was reminded about this passage, and the one thing that hit me so strongly was when I realized David killed the lion and the bear when no one was watching. He was in his assignment and that's what qualified him to kill Goliath when two entire nations were watching. So let's read it again. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He was being obedient to his assignment. Nobody was watching. He was taking care of the sheep and the goats. And sometimes I just want to just... Uh, to speak this here this morning is we have got to take care of the promises and blessings and the assignment that God has given us in our lives. We got to take care of it, especially in the beginning, the beginning phase when that seed is planted and it's beginning to grow in our lives. So we have to take care of the sheep and the goats in our lives. And when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, when a lion the devil will come and roar as a lion to steal, kill, and destroy. So here's David. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it. So he seeks after the battle, and he goes after it. So it's very important that he doesn't have that weight behind him. So he's seeking after it. He goes after it with a club, and he rescues the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine, talking about Goliath, for he has defied the armies of the living God. So God is looking for people who would get private victories in secret places that are not for the audience or applause of man, but they are simply because we've taken a stand for the name of the Lord. Are you ready to take a stand in the name of the Lord here this morning? So I've seen victory, and I've seen triumph. I've seen a personal history get developed with God when nobody is watching, when no one can applaud or praise you, or no one can give you a pat on the back. When nobody's watching, history is being made. Because if you make history when nobody is watching, God will make history through you when everybody is watching. Amen. Hmm. And so I want to spend the rest of this message 
in Acts 14. And I'm just going to kind of start it off and read. I just felt the Holy Spirit is tell me to come and sit at the altar because the Lord wants you to know that you are not alone. So I'm sitting here. I don't want because nobody wants to be the first one to come up. So I'm sitting here and I'm waiting on you, and the Lord says you are not alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So Acts 14, God is good. Paul and Barnabas are on their their missionary journey to spreading the the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, throughout the land. And um, they're in Iconium, and they've been to several other places before this, preaching the word of God. So they're here in Iconium, and... um, I just want to read this. I'm reading out of the New International Version. I just love how uh, it's communicated there. So at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. So as usual, they are preaching the word of the Lord. As usual, they are going into the church and sharing all the many miracles and blessings that God has, has, has done and uh, There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. So isn't that our our prayer this morning is that we will be effective in our ministry? That we will not be famous, that we will not get any of the glory, that we'll be in complete surrender to God's will. Amen. That That we will speak so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. Amen. So the interesting part of this that stood out to me is the word and Greeks. So there in the synagogue, the Jewish synagogue, there were Jews and Greeks in attendance. Amen? So that means that they had been preaching in these synagogues, and they were starting to see a move of God that was happening within the city, that both Jews and Greeks were there in attendance, and they were believing See, the Greeks, they were worshiping idols. They were worshiping uh, the Greek God. So for them to, to, to hear the word of God and hear all the good things of the gospel and the, and the word of God, to, to believe those, they were new and fresh believers in the kingdom of God. They were immature believers. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. They poisoned, they were poisoning the mind of the, the, the new Greeks. And I was sharing uh, several months ago in our Bible study, I was sharing with the group the, um, the story of um, a little baby pine tree that was growing in our yard. And so, you know, if you're like me, sometimes the yard gets away from you. 
right? So it, it, you know, it's like, okay, I need to mow the grass, and these little things start growing up in the flower beds, and so I, I mowed the grass, and I looked, and I, I saw that it was there, and I said, you know what, I'll get that later. It didn't look too big, so I was just going to go back and, uh, and get it at a later time. Then I forgot about it, and then I went to go mow the grass again, and then I forgot about the pine tree again, and it got to the point where it was about knee-high, it was still kind of a baby. It was still green and fresh. And I walked over to it, and I was like, okay, ah, I forgot about this pine tree. So I went up to pluck it up out of the ground, and I couldn't do it. And what happened was it grew to a point that it began to connect to the root of the big giant pine tree that was right next to it. And so I couldn't pluck it out. I couldn't pick it up. And so... A lot of times we have this, this gift or assignment in our lives, and we are so, uh, it's so easy for us to, to put it out there and to not protect it and not to care for it uh, with, you know, a good group of people around you to begin to pray and care for this baby calling that is happening, or whether you're a believer and you're just new to the faith, and we don't care for it or we don't address it, and the enemy tries to pluck it out, and if you let it, if you t- care for it and, and you, you know, oversee it for a long enough time, he won't be able to pull it up out of the ground. He won't, once the seed is planted and you're caring for it, he won't be able to pluck it out. Amen? So these Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. So Paul and Barnabas, they set up camp. They noticed that there was a move of God that was happening, and people were, were accepting the word, and they, they were becoming new to the faith, and they knew that they needed to spend considerable time there to protect and oversee uh, these new, new children uh, of Jesus Christ. So they, they, they saw that there was a war that was happening between the unbelievers and the believers. So they asked God, By your grace, enable us to show signs and wonders. And so God equipped them to show signs and wonders. And people were being converted, and people were believing in the message of Jesus Christ. And so the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. And I thought it was interesting, the word city in this context. So it wasn't just in the synagogues that this battle was happening. It kind of went over into the way that we do life within the city. And so my prayer is that, that we won't just be Christians here within these four walls, that we will actually be walking in faith and being a vessel of light, that we are having impact on the people of the city of Florence and the surrounding areas, that there will be a battle between good and evil, and that we will be effective kingdom men and women. So there was a plot afoot among both Jews and Gentiles, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. 
So that's really important. They didn't say, okay, this fear of man is going to stop or prohibit us from continuing to walk in our assignment and our purpose. We are actually going to say, okay, the work that we did here is done. And we are going to move on and still be effective kingdom men. And we are going to preach the word of God to this new city where the spirit is going to lead and direct us to. Amen? So they continued to preach. And so in, in Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. And he had been that way from birth and had never walked. Okay, I'm going to say this. There are some of us here, have been, we have been going to church for so long, but we have never truly taken our first step in the walk with the Lord. We've been lame our whole lives, and we haven't walked. We haven't even begun to walk in faith. We're infants. And so this man represents us. And he's been that way since birth. He's never walked a day in his life. And so I'm seeing him knowing that he does have two legs, right? And he's seeing all the people around him, and they are walking, and he wants to walk. He wants to move forward in the name of the Lord. He wants to keep going. He wants to stand up on his feet. But he's just accepted the fact that his wounds are so deep that he's probably at the point where he just kind of, he's given up. It doesn't say how long he has been lame, how many years. But he's been that way since birth. He's never taken a step in his life. And so he listened to Paul as he was speaking. So he was hanging on every single word that God was speaking to him. It was penetrating his heart, his mind, his soul, and every fiber of his being. He was not letting the word pass by, but he was catching it and letting it impact his heart. And so I pray I pray today that you will hear the message, but not just hear, but you'll let it transform you at a level that will take you to the next level of your ministry. Amen? And your walk with God. But we got to start releasing some things. we got to start cleansing ourselves of these deep wounds, because that's the only way that we are going to truly walk in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So he listened to Paul as he was speaking. And then Paul looked directly at him. And what does that say to us, church? It says that our faith starts in here in our hearts. And as it begins to impact our hearts and impact our entire being, what happens is there is a physical manifestation that, that will happen, that will happen externally, that would, when it does happen, people will see it. They will see it. And I can only imagine that what was happening is, as Paul was speaking, this man said, okay, I'm going to seek 
after the Lord. And it reminded me of the story in the Gospels of the men and the man who was injured on the mat. And they go into the place where Jesus was speaking. And it was so crowded that they couldn't get their friend through the door. They couldn't get it through any of the, the openings that were happening on one level. So what they did is they began to seek after the healing and said, All right, folks, let's go on up to the top and we're going to dig our way through the roof. We're going to dig our way through the roof because nothing is going to stop us from getting the healing of Jesus Christ. We've been hearing about this healing and we are going to seek after it violently if we have to. We will get our healing no matter the cost. And so they lowered, they lowered this man from the ceiling. If you could just visualize it, they lowered him from the ceiling. Banging was happening and they lower him down and Jesus was preaching and he stopped. And as, as he came to the, to, the, to the front here, he came down from the ceiling and landed right here and Jesus said, sir, <laughs> your sins are forgiven. Now, he came for healing, but he got cleansing of his sins, right? So this man came for healing, and he thought he was going to say, all right, you're healed. But he said, your sins are forgiven. And so I pray for this church that you might be struggling with, with your walk and your relationship with God and your relationship with Jesus. And you don't really know why. You don't really know why you're kind of in the middle of the road. But you want to be. You want to have this relationship. There's a sacrifice that's going to need to take place. Can I talk to you all this morning from my heart as I pray for you, every single one of you, that the Lord will move in your heart and completely cleanse you of the healing that you need. And so this man, <laughs> this man is hanging on every single word that Paul is saying in his faith is ignited, and it's starting to, starting to make a physical representation that Paul noticed it and said, amen, come forth. And so, ooh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and he called out, stand up on your feet, and at that he didn't say, stand up at your feet, and then in a the few weeks, maybe he'll, he'll come back and, you know, really, maybe just later. Maybe not today, but maybe later. No, he didn't say that. He said, at that, at the saying of Paul saying, stand up on your feet, at that, the man jumped up. He leapt up. Now, he hadn't been walking at all. He was completely forgiven of his sins. Because I believe that was what, what, what Paul was saying at that moment. He was talking about the Gospels and the men who were lowered down, lowering down their friend, and he got complete forgiveness of his sins and complete healing, and then he was healed. Amen? So I believe that that's what happened in this moment. He called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Mm.
Amen. Y'all better glorify him better than that. That is a sign and wonder. That is a miracle. The miracle working of Jesus Christ. The complete healing that that man needed. I actually envisioned him just crawling to get his healing. He had heard this hope that Jesus provides. He always wanted to be able to walk. And I believe that every single one of you here today or who are listening, you want to walk at a deeper level. I know it's there. I can feel it and I can sense it. In our services, they just keep getting better and better. And we keep saying the best is yet to come. And you have to believe that. You have to believe that revival and the move of the Holy Spirit is going to sweep through this place. It's going to sweep, and there's going to be a freedom that you have never seen before and that you have never experienced before. He's going to do it in a new way, not a way that had been done in the past. He's going to do something new, and he wants to do something in this new season, and he needs to partner with you. In order to be free in our worship and free in our walk with Christ, in order to be free, we have to seek healing for the things that are holding us down. Oh, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Let's, God, Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet.